everybody. Welcome back to the Bacon of Life podcast. Guys, I'm here with a guest. Of course, you know it's Tuesday, so you already know what time it is. And so we got Liz M. back again. Um, you probably remember her from maybe a few weeks back, a couple episodes ago, um, Hope Dealers. Um, she was in there and really inspiring us about hope. Today, she's back with us again today, and we're so glad to have her in the booth. Uh, we're recording this in church, and it feels pretty nice. So we're trying out the acoustics here. And Liz, so tell us, uh, first, tell us about yourself real quick. Who are you again? That's right. That's right. I'm playing with you, Liz. I'm playing with you. We all know who she is. She's a physician's assistant, very smart, grew up in Connecticut, and uh, she also used to run our 20s group, and she leads us another small group Bible study around here. And she's a youth group leader as well. So, yeah, for 10th grade high school girls. 9th and 10th. 9th and 10th high school girls. Okay. So, of course, I got to read you your rights, you know, like I do everybody else that comes in here for these kind of sessions. You are now stepping in to the belly (laughs) of the booth. (laughs) Anything you say can and will be used in the making of this podcast. Oh, boy. Do you agree? I accept. All right. All right. So, without further ado... (laughs) Liz, M, please tell us what has God been doing and has done in your life? Ladies and gentlemen, Liz M. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that introduction, Tony. Um, so God has been teaching me a lot over the last year or so. I guess one of the main themes of what God has been teaching me is just how faith and obedience go together. Um, Going back to the beginning of 2020, um, I looked back in my prayer journal and I had prayed a few things. One was that God would radically change me that year. Um, Two, that God would increase and develop my prayer life. And the third, that God would increase my faith. And I think when I prayed that God would increase my faith, I thought it was just something that would kind of just happen. Like I would wake up and have more faith. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but in in my case... Um, It was more of a long process of daily choices to obey that over the course of the year did result in increased faith. Mm. Um, But so um, throughout the year, God really was just showing me how obedience and faith go together. Um, And I think we can take that and go a bunch of different directions. Um, But one thing over the summer, I was really thinking about... um, Because there were a lot of things, like big things I was praying about that I wasn't really seeing happen, and I wasn't really sure where God was leading me and where God was calling me, and I just wasn't really sure where to go next. And so I started kind of like shrinking obedience down to like a smaller level and just being like, okay, God, what does obedience look like today? And when I say that, I mean like beyond what does the Bible say? Um, So obviously, obedience is, you know, following what God has commanded, what God has written in his word. Um, But beyond that, I was looking for specific things. So God, give me specific tasks today so that I can be obedient. Um, And so the cool thing was when I started praying that, um, God started giving me really, sometimes like really small things, um, but making it clear what obedience would look like that day. And so I would start praying for those things, and then God would give me those opportunities to obey. And sometimes there were things that just came naturally to obey in, and sometimes there were things that took a little courage and took some faith. Um... But I've learned um, that in the obedience and obeying God, even in the small things, God does increase our faith through that 
as we experience God's faithfulness in those things. Um, so that was one way. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, another thing I've been just thinking about, um, I really love the passage in Hebrews 11 and 12. And Hebrews 11, that's what we kind of call the hall of faith or the hall of fame of faith. Um, and <laughs> um, one thing that I realized this year, and I don't know if I ever really paid attention to it before, is just that after the list of all of the people who are commended for their faith, um, Hebrews 12 starts out as, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses as this, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Um, and so I don't think it's a coincidence that after commending all of these people for their faith, the writer of Hebrews jumps in and talks about obedience in dying to sin and um, in intentionally laying off the sin and um, intentionally following Jesus. And then once I kind of made that connection, um, I started thinking about like, you know, we show our faith by our obedience. And so all of those people who are mentioned in Hebrews 11, like they're all sinful people who are flawed. And if we look at their stories, sometimes we tend to actually remember them more by their flaws than their acts of obedience. Um, but God remembers them by their faith and recognizes them by their faith. And what defined them was their obedience. Not necessarily that they didn't have fear or that obeying was easy. Um, but when they had a chance to take a stand in faith and obey what God was calling them to do, they trusted God and obeyed. And so, yeah, so I've just been thinking about, yeah, how faith and obedience go together. Um, and I think it also, and I've been talking about this with my girls at youth group a lot, it's... The ninth like, graders or tenth the graders? The ninth and the tenth graders. <laughs> Sometimes, especially when there is a sin that we want to do or some part of our life that like we don't want to give up for the Lord. It takes faith to surrender those things. It takes faith in who God is and faith in what God says and faith that God's promises are true. Faith that God's way is better than our way. And sometimes it doesn't feel good and it really does feel like dying to self to obey. But in the obedience, which takes faith, we see that God really is who he says he is and that God's way is better and that God's promises are true. Do you have any examples when you applied um, faith through your obedience? Sure. Um, so <laughs> um, let's see. So I work in an ER um, and a few times now, like I've prayed for my patients before, but not really like directly prayed with them. And in the last year, God has put it on my heart to go in and pray for specific patients. And the first thing that's happened, I chickened out. <laughs> and I didn't do it. <laughs> and I, like, I wanted to, and, you know, I was planning on going, but, like, I kept, you know, getting, I had other things I had to do, and then I just, like, ran out of time, and the patient was moved to a different part of the ER, so I, like, missed my opportunity to actually go in and pray for him. Mm. Um, but I felt such like not discouraged, but just like, I felt like I missed it, missed a huge opportunity, um, to see God work. And like, there was not like a grief. It was kind of a grief where I was like, wow, I really missed that opportunity to obey. And I don't know what God would have done through me praying for that patient, hmm. but I didn't even show up to see what God was going to do because I delayed and I chickened out. And so the next time God prompted me, prompted me to go pray for someone, I was like, okay, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. Again, I don't know who, I don't know what God is going to do through this, um, but I'm not going to miss that opportunity. Um, and so there was this patient, it wasn't even my patient actually, 
Um, <laughs> just, I felt like God had prompted me to go pray for this patient. And so I went in and asked if I could pray for him and I prayed for his healing. And then I just walked out and it was kind of cool because like after obeying in that way, and it, yes, that's just like a small example of obedience. <laughs> um, my first thought was, wow, I'm going to get fired. My second thought was, <laughs> wow, that was really cool to obey in that way. And I don't know what God is going to do, but it's not my job to defend God's character. It's my job to obey and trust God to do what God is going to do um, and trust that God will act in line with his character. Um, and so after that, I realized, you know, on the other side of obedience, that wasn't that scary. And hmm. obeying and going in and praying for that patient and knowing that I obeyed was so much better than knowing I chickened out and missed an opportunity to see God work. Um, <laughs> And I don't know the outcome of that situation. I don't know if the patient was healed. I don't know what happened. But I know that I did what God called me to do in the situation, and I stepped out in faith and obeyed. Which is what matters, right? Right. From my end. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And so, like, what what spiritual practice, like, I don't want to say spiritual practices, but yes, we are in a spiritual section of the show, but obviously we're Christians here. So of course that's what we're going to, that's what we're talking about here. When I say this, um, well, you know, what disciplines and practices have you been doing to help you build more faith, right? And help you build more faith and help you be more obedient to God. Um, anything practical that, that you've been doing necessarily to help you with that. Um, so one of my probably almost daily prayers this year has, and last year has just been that God will make me more sensitive to his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, that I will be sensitive to God's voice. I will recognize God's voice from my thoughts and that I will respond to and obey his promptings. Um, and so, so th- I think that has been a huge thing of like when God has prompted me to go pray for a patient or to call someone up out of the blue and God has done that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or to, I don't know, all of the things that God has put on my heart to do this year, um, like I knew it was God and not me because I had spent so much time praying that God would make me more sensitive to his voice. And then, you know, each time I heard, like I felt that prompting or I felt like God instead told me to go do something each time I'm like, Oh, was this me or was this God? And, you know, I do this kind of like mental checklist, like, okay, well, is what God telling me to do? Does it line up with scripture? Okay. Yes. Going to pray for a patient lines up with scripture. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, um, and like doing a checklist of like, okay, does it contradict anything else in God's word? No. So like for, I mean, in that case, that checklist just stops there. Like, does it contradict God's word to go pray for a patient? No, obviously not. Go pray for the patient. Okay. Um, but in other things, like sometimes it's more specific, like, okay, well, like, is this like a situation that I'm like emotionally invested in? Like, is this something that like, I want the outcome to be a certain way. And so I'm like, is there a risk of that I heard thought I heard God's voice when it was actually my thoughts, like kind of thinking through that. Um, and then just asking God to give me clarity, like, okay, God, I think I heard your voice in this way. Make it clear if this was your voice, make it unavoidable. So that if you, (laughs) if you want me to do this thing, you keep making it obvious until I can't avoid it. And that has happened a few times too. Um, there was a situation, um, there's uh, this devotional book I was going through, uh, getting to know God's voice. Um, and there was a challenge to just like to pray that God would bring someone to mind to just randomly call up and have a conversation with. 
to like not text them, which I'm always a texter. Like if I'm going to call someone, I'm going to be like, hey, are you free? Right. But no, they, they was like, don't text them first. Just pick up the phone, call, don't have an agenda. Just follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I was like, that's terrifying. Okay. <laughs> but so I prayed and um, the person God brought to mind is someone that I used to be pretty close with, but haven't really been close with for the last year or so. And I was like, oh, no, God, <laughs> this would be real uncomfortable if I do this. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, surely I heard you wrong. Um, and so, like, I spent hours trying to convince myself that's not what I heard God say. I went rock climbing. And while I was rock climbing, I actually got a random call for some, from some other person. And that was a cool conversation about something in ministry. So I was like, okay, well, maybe that was actually the phone call. And I tried to, like, really convince myself. <laughs> That it was something like, totally no, I, different. I, I, and so like <laughs> and so like by the time I finished like rock climbing and I was about to go to work, um, I had almost convinced myself completely, like or I just had almost forgot about it completely. And then that prompting came back to call that person. And then it just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until I eventually was like, Okay, God, I know you are asking me to step out in faith and trust you in this way. I know <laughs> That even though this is scary right now and feels really awkward right now, I know that if you are leading me to do this, there's a purpose. Even if I don't know, I have no idea what I'm going to say to this person. But again, I guess the prompt was, trust the Holy Spirit's leading for the conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, and I was like, I remembered that time that I missed the opportunity to pray for that patient. And I was like, you know what? Trusting God and stepping out of faith, stepping out in faith is always better than missing the opportunity to obey. And so that was actually what gave me the courage to call up this person. And then we had a, a good conversation for like 10 minutes and nothing groundbreaking happened, but you know, it was a decent conversation. And afterwards I was like, wow, I'm so glad God gave me that opportunity to obey, that he made it clear it was his voice and that he gave me the courage to obey. Mm. And so I think just situations like that, it also just reminds me like, Sometimes I just take myself too seriously. Like, God is faithful. We know God is faithful. And if God is prompting us to do something, he will be faithful in that. Even if we don't see a clear reason, even if we don't see a clear thing come out of it. God is faithful. And we yes. can go back to how God has been faithful in our life. And we can also pull from stories in scripture. And we can look at the stories in Hebrews 11. And remember that we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses as this like they also took a stand in faith and god was faithful in those situations and because god doesn't change we can trust that he will be faithful in our situations too mm. walk us through then because it seems like it, it's gone well for you when you when you took out when you got out and you took these steps walk us through when it doesn't go so well right like what if god tells me you know it's, it's, i feel god saying to my telling me to say to my friend hey you should stop, you know, sleeping around or you should stop, you know, sinning or something. And the conversation doesn't go well and I get kicked away or I mean, what do you have to say to that person that may be thinking, hey, I, I tried to do something that I thought the Holy Spirit was telling me and it didn't work out. And now I'm scared to try again. I mean, what do you have to say to that person? Yeah, so um, I have another situation. So. A few months ago, um, there was a friend that um, God had put it on my heart to share a few things with, um, and they were a little bit more direct than I had been with her previously, um, but we had you know, several years of a friendship, and um, 
I was pretty sure this is what God was putting on my heart to share. Um, so I started praying for an opportunity and when the opportunity came, it wasn't exactly an ideal opportunity. Um, and even though I shared the things that God had put on my heart to share with her, um, and some of them were things that were hard to hear. Um, but as a sister in Christ, I felt like it was important to share, especially because God had put it on my heart to share it with her. Um, but it was not received well. And even though I did obey in sharing what God had put on my heart, even though I kind of was worried that it wouldn't be received well, and I was kind of worried it would not end up, I guess, going over well. Yeah, so going into it, I was worried that it wouldn't be received well. Mm -hmm. I was worried um, that the person would be hurt and would um, kind of cut me out of her life. Um, and actually that's pretty much what happened. And even though like we've had like a few brief conversations since then, um, we haven't really reconciled after that. Um, so like there are situations where I think God does put it on our heart to share something. And then the immediate outcome is not what we were hoping for. But in those situations, we can trust that God is good. And that God is working. And that if we if we stepped out in obedience, God has a plan because God is faithful. And God, um, in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, it says, God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Like, God does not just create disorder for the sake of disorder. He doesn't just create stressful situations for the sake of stressful situations. If God is prompting you to share something with someone, God has a purpose. And so... Um, we can trust God's character. We can trust that God's promises are true, that he is faithful, and that he is always working, even if we can't see it. Mm. Um, and one other thing that I've just been thinking about and praying about is God cares about relationships, and he cares about reconciliation, and he cares about restoration. I was just finishing up reading 2 Corinthians today, actually. And in the last chapter of 2 Corinthians, um, Paul is encouraging the believers um, in the church in Corinth um, First of all, to turn away from sin and to be like restored to a healthy group of growing believers. Um, but also he's talking about their relationships, that their relationships are restored to each other. Um, and God really cares about restoration and reconciliation. And so that's one thing I've been praying about for this situation, that God will act in a big way and that he will restore this friendship, even though I shared some um, pretty direct and difficult things to hear did that answer the question no yeah i mean no it, no, it really did i mean it, you know it really that should really encourage people who may be afraid because you know they have failed once to do something that god's told them to do right or they tried and they didn't get the expected outcome i think i think that's important to have that faith just know that hey god god is gonna correct things and god is gonna work even when we don't see it, he's still going to work. So, yeah. And then I had another thought. Based yo, on yo, no, said. go right, go right um, ahead. This is your show. <laughs> as, <laughs> um, as far as like sharing the gospel with our unsaved friends or family members, um, all we're called to do is obey in that situation too. We are called to share the gospel. We are called to love people well. We are not called to save people and we can't save people. Mm -hmm. People are saved when the Holy Spirit convicts people and show them, shows them the truth of the gospel. And so our job is to present the gospel and to love people like Christ loves them. Um, so also in 
actually this one's First Corinthians, First <laughs> Corinthians three. Um, and of course, was... by the way, side note, all these verses <laughs> they're going to be in the description box below. Don't worry, we, we got your back, audience. <laughs> Take it away. Um, but so Paul is addressing that there are some divisions in the church um, based on when people came to know Christ and were baptized. And so some people are like, well, well, I was baptized when Apollos came, and I was baptized when this person came. And so there were some divisions forming. And so Paul makes the point that, um, I think he says, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? They are simply agents through which you believed. Um, so as I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. And that's my paraphrase. That's not direct scripture. But <laughs> the point is, God calls us to plant seeds. He calls us to water seeds. We don't know where we, where we are in that process, but God is the one who does the growth, and we are called to obey. Um, another one of my favorite verses is Galatians 6, 9, um, and that says, And do not grow weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Um, and just remember, our job is to obey. It's not to save people. We obey in what God has called us to do, and we trust God to do the rest. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's funny because um, a brother shared a statistic with me that the average person that comes to know Christ he, hears the gospel uh, on average about seven times before coming to know Christ. Just an average. Some people, they may hear it once and they're like, yippee. Some people may hear it 14 times and they're like, okay, finally I get it. Right. But like on average, that's what it takes. So then how many times did you hear it before you believe? And how did you come to know Jesus then? Sorry, that so, seemed like um, a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how many times did I hear the yeah, gospel before coming to Christ? Yeah. I have no idea. Um, so the first time I made a profession of faith was right around my fourth birthday. And I don't even have that clear of a memory. Fourth? My fourth birthday. Actually, before my fourth birthday, because it was right around Easter. <laughs> my birthday's in May. Yeah. So... Um, I don't even fully remember it. Um, like I remember what my parents told me. Um, but I know I had been asking a lot of questions about like what happens when you die and asking questions about heaven and hell. And of course I had heard about Jesus and heaven and hell, um, at church. Um, but I think, yeah, so I don't exactly know what I understood then. Um, but that was the first time I made a profession of faith. Um, the funny thing is, and this is my mom's favorite part of the story always, um, is I didn't really get along with my younger brother, John. And as soon as I prayed to accept Jesus, I ran upstairs and said, now I have to tell Jonathan. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so um, I guess when I started making my faith my own was more of in middle school and high school. And I started realizing like, okay, being a Christian isn't just about going to heaven when you die. It's about living my life for Christ now. It's about the Holy Spirit living inside of me and surrendering to the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that started in like middle school, high school, when I started really living my life for Christ. But yeah, I have no idea how many times I heard the gospel before. No, I mean, hey, <laughs> no clue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, four, probably a lot. Probably a lot. I mean. I mean but no. who knows what I understood at that point. Yeah, four. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, we're starting off strong. <laughs> four years old. And so, and, and now that you, and, you know, that's crazy. So then you play a very pivotal role now because you made your faith your own when you were about 
middle and high school, just now the same age that you teach for these these young girls then. So like, what is the main three things you want them to take away if they were to hear this podcast? Because everyone listens to the bacon of life. Of course, everybody does. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, so one of them is definitely that it's not just about a list of right and wrongs. Like, following Christ is not just about a bunch of rules we have to keep or a bunch of things we have to avoid. Mm. Following Christ is about having a relationship with Jesus Christ and walking through life with Jesus, about, you know, John 15, staying connected to the vine, um, and about really just surrendering to the work of the Holy Spirit. I think so often we get stuck in trying to, like, do all these good things and make fruit on our own. But just like we don't save anybody... (laughs) We also don't bear fruit on our own. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's from being connected to Jesus, being connected to the vine, and then that fruit is just naturally produced in our life. Yes, we have to die to ourselves and say no to sin and surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit, um, but it's not us that actually grows the fruit. So I think that was a, that's, that would be the big first one. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I think for people who are believers— like, I look back on my high school days, and I realize just how many missed opportunities I had to share my faith. Um, and I went to a public school. Most of my friends knew I was a Christian, mostly because I would sometimes miss sports practices or different events to go to Awana or church. Um, but I didn't really intentionally share the gospel with many people. And so that's one of the regrets I have. Um, let's see. And going off of that. Um, I think it's easy to kind of get distracted by, like, the creation versus evolution argument. Um, I know that was something, I didn't really talk about that with my friends a lot, but I always felt like I was ready to have that argument. (laughs) Um, Break it! (laughs) I have all these points! Um, You need a PowerPoint? I'm ready, ready. I'm so ready. Um, But at some point after high school, I realized, okay, what is the point of that? Like, yes, it's important to know that God created the world. And God is in control. But beyond that, like, just because you convince someone that God created the world, if they still don't know Jesus, they still don't know Jesus. So, like, I think we waste a lot of time on arguments that don't matter instead of pointing people to the truth of the gospel. Um, Let's see. A third one. Right. Because often that that builds everything else, right? Right. Exactly. yeah, yeah. 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 So if we don't make the things that matter most the things that matter most then we just get distracted by things that don't matter. Right. So we have understanding the gospel. We have actually sharing the gospel with the other kids in school, right? And not missing those opportunities. Yeah. And actually going off of that one too, again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so two like point it's not, yeah, C. Two point C. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is something I've shared with my girls too, but like, once you become an adult, it doesn't just become super easy to share the gospel with your coworkers who don't know Jesus. Like, it doesn't just, it's not like the superpower that you suddenly have. Like, it's always going to be a little awkward until you keep working at it and keep pushing through the awkwardness and obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, if you start now in high school, it'll be a lot easier as an adult, too, because you have that practice of being like, you know what? Yeah, it was a little awkward when I shared my faith, but God was faithful and I can trust him in that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It's not letting the awkwardness stop you from obeying. Yeah. No, I agree. And even like in my life, when I've shared the gospel with some people, I, I walked away thinking, 
man, God, they probably don't understand what I said. And then <laughs> you be, I was shocked one time. I just had a Muslim roommate. I shared the gospel with him and just told him and explained some things. And I thought, man, maybe I didn't explain that the best. I came back the next day. He explained everything back to me better. Like, I was like, he was like, yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. I was like, blows my mind. You know, you never know what God can do, even in you just trying to share the gospel. Yeah, that's a good point. Because sometimes I think we get so stuck on the specific words we're sharing instead of just obeying and trusting the Holy Spirit to work um, in people's lives. I had this patient... (laughs) And actually, I don't know the outcome of the story either. Um, but I had this patient who basically... You are leaving our, our viewers on so many cliffhangers. I'm, I'm leading <laughs> saying I don't know the outcome before you get to the end of the story. And I say that. Sorry. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but so I was talking to this patient and he was pretty depressed. And um, he basically, he straight up asked me, like, where do you find hope? And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> that Okay, God. <laughs> Give me the words to speak. I'm going to tell him where I found hope. And it was really cool that God kind of directed the conversation. And um, the conversation had kind of like taken a turn because I had to like medically clear him and um, ask like other questions. But I was praying the whole time, like, God, if you want me to share the gospel with him, bring the conversation back around to hope. And it did. The conversation came back around and I was like, okay. And so I shared the gospel and I started off with just being like, okay, like you asked where I find my hope. I find my hope in Jesus Christ. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm not going to preach at you if you don't want me to preach. And he was, or if you don't want to hear more, I'm not just going to preach at you. And he was like, no, 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 I'd like to hear more. And so we started asking questions. Um, and so we ended up having like a 15, 20 minute conversation about the Bible and um, about Jesus and who God is. Um, and like this person was like, oh, yeah, but you don't understand the things I've done. Like, you don't understand the drugs I've done. You don't understand the relationships I've been in. You don't understand all of these things I've done. Um, But it was just a cool opportunity to be like, it doesn't matter what you did because Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you can come to him and ask for forgiveness and it'll all be wiped clean. And so then, you know, the conversation kind of derailed a little when he asked me like, yeah, okay, but if I come to know Jesus then I have to stop sinning and I like sinning. And then I started talking like, okay, well, you know, then you have the Holy Spirit who guides you and gives you a new desire. And then I was kind of like, oh man, I just went way too far, too deep. And I kind of walked away that being like, "Uh uh-oh, I I didn't stick to what I planned to talk about. And then I don't really know, like if it got too confusing from there. Um, But it's a good reminder that God is still working and the Holy Spirit can do a lot with our simple acts of obedience. And the Holy Spirit, like, one of his jobs is that he reveals truth. And um, we can trust that the Holy Spirit is working in these people that we're sharing the gospel with. Yeah, it's true. Sorry, that last part was all over the place. No, 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 no. It was a, it was a good point. It was a fair point. Which leads us to three, right? <laughs> the third um, thing. You would love to tell young girls that are up and coming in their faith middle high schoolers, early high school? Um, So one thing, so I don't know if these are like the top three things, but these are the things that are coming to mind. So the third thing that's coming to mind is um, just the If you want to add two more on top of that, (laughs) I mean, you have two C, you know, if you want a three F, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Um, But just the importance of prayer. 
Um, and so, I mean, this is something in 2020, I prayed that God would increase and develop my prayer life and God really did. Um, and it's been really cool to see and to see, um, the things that God has led me to pray for and then to see God do those things. Um, and so that has just been really cool. Um, and so I had shared with my girls several months ago that one of my, like my heart for them this year is that they really understand the power of prayer or not like not fully understand, but like get that prayer is powerful. Um, cause I don't think we'll ever fully understand the power of prayer. Um, but just that people like get that prayer is important and pr- prayer is powerful and that God really does work on behalf of our prayer. God desires for us to pray and God uses our prayers. Um, and so like I've been trying to be more intentional about praying for my girls every day. Um, and so I've been trying to encourage them to pray for each other. Um, and so it's been, it's been pretty cool to see like how God has answered some of those specific prayers, like in our small group. Um, so yeah, just that people would get the power of prayer and the importance of prayer. I guess mm-hmm. that that's my third one. No, yeah. <laughs> you have three A you want to attack on. But but then let's add the three A for for everybody, right? So let let's just say, you know, I've prayed and I haven't seen much change. Should I keep praying? What's the passage in uh Luke eighteen? Is that it? Verse one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got it. Oh, yeah. I know where it is. I don't know what the words are. <laughs> Jesus began to speak a parable to them that men are always ought to pray and not lose heart. Luke 18, 1. Right. Yeah, so um, going off of that, um, we can get discouraged in prayer. I think we can get discouraged pretty easily when we're praying for something and we don't see something happen. Um, and for me, when that happens, I always go back to like, okay, well, what am I praying for? Is this just what I want or is this what God wants? That's one thing. Another thing is like really praying and surrendering our desires to God and praying that God will change our heart to match his. Um, so then like the things that God is putting on our hearts are the things that God does want us to pray for because they match his heart for us. Um, and so I guess like living a life of surrender and praying that God will keep like transforming our desires and showing us how to pray and what to pray for. Um, Another thing is we can look at scripture and see who God is and see God's character. And we can pray for the things that are in line with God's character. For example, like I said about God caring about relationships being reconciled. We can pray for God to reconcile relationships and to restore relationships because that's part of his character. God Mm -hmm. cares about that. We see that in his word. We see that in Jesus we see that in the teachings of Paul as inspired by the Holy Spirit. Like we see that all throughout scripture. So we can pray boldly in faith that God will do that and trust that he will. Even if we're not seeing anything change, we can trust that God is working in those situations. Mm. <laughs> um, I think, so one, like am I praying for what I want or what God wants? And yeah. sometimes it's hard because I think sometimes it's really hard for us to distinguish those things. Um, and so it's really important for us to be surrendering our desires to God and asking God to change our heart and to make it clear. Um, like one thing I pray too is that God will like expose any selfish motives in me. And so that I can see like, okay, what is motivating this? Is this what God is leading me to pray for? Or is this what I want to pray for? Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see, like, yeah, I think what I keep going back to is 
if what I'm praying for is what I believe God is leading me to pray for, then I keep praying. And if I haven't seen anything, then I keep praying and I ask that God will change my heart if I'm off course. Like that's one thing that I've done a lot this year. Um, I think we all need to pray like that a little yeah. bit more. No, seriously. I, I think yeah. sometimes we get, we get tunnel vision on things that, like you said, don't matter, but we want it, right? Or our heart's leaning towards it and we get tunnel vision and we're not actually aligning our hearts with what God wants. And the heart is deceitful and, and above else wicked, right? So we can't really lean on our hearts, but when we really pray for what we want over what God wants and desires, we can almost be doing something similar to that. I think you bring. I think you bring up a good point there. What was the original question? I don't remember. I mean, I just asked for three. <laughs> I just asked for three main no, things. No, no, about prayer. Oh, about prayer. I'm just, like, should like when things don't happen, oh, when things should don't we, happen, do we keep praying? You know, should we keep praying? Yeah. I mean, what does this mean? You know, how? Actually, let's ask. How would you encourage someone's faith who feels like, hey, like I prayed. For something to happen and it didn't happen you know i prayed for my friend who was in the hospital to get out the hospital and he's still there weeks later or he didn't make it out the hospital you know what, what do we say to those guys you know like how do, how do we encourage them to hey to keep on praying for you know the world as the world seems like it's getting crazy right you know um, one thing I've been thinking about, um, about prayer is like what Jesus says when he teaches us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer in uh, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. I think it's Matthew I don't know. 6. Um, we will so, put the link in the box below. <laughs> um, but Jesus says like we should pray that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hmm. And I think I never really focus on that phrasing. Um, but recently I've been thinking about it a lot because like, I think when we talk about God being sovereign, I think we have kind of a, a wrong definition of what sovereignty is and sure God could intervene in any way at any time. Absolutely. God has the ability to do that, but often God allows our free will to operate within his sovereignty. Um, and so because of that, a lot of times we look around and we see that God's will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. And so one thing that I have started trying to more intentionally pray for in different situations is that God's will will be done in a particular situation. And so praying, okay, God, you say in your word that you, like you call yourself a healer, Jehovah Rapha, Rapha the God who heals. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm believing that you will heal this person. And I don't understand why that healing doesn't always happen. Because what we see in God's word of who God is, and this lines up with his character. And so when we pray, believing for healing that doesn't happen, I don't know what to do with that, except keep praying. Um, I guess that's one example based on the example you shared. Um, but one thing I've been trying to do is just pray specifically that God's will will be done in a situation. Like, God's will is always done in heaven, but it's not always done on earth. And so, like, for praying for relationships to be reconciled, we can pray that God's will will be done in reconciling this relationship because God's character supports, like, relationships being reconciled. God mm -hmm. desires for relationships to be reconciled. God desires for people to be healed. Like, we know that Jesus is willing to 
to heal people because he did when anybody asked him to on earth. And so we can pray boldly for that. Why we don't always see that, I don't know. But we can go back to who God is. And I think there's also a piece of faith, too, that is like, God, I don't understand why what I'm seeing here on earth doesn't line up with who you are. It doesn't line up with who you describe yourself to be, who you've declared yourself to be in the Bible, who we've seen Jesus to be. And we know that Jesus, like in Colossians, it talks about how Jesus is the, like the human manifestation of God. Like we can look to Jesus to see who God is. And so we know that because, you know, Jesus healed everybody who asked. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus. Yeah. I'm losing words for other examples, but Jesus showed us who God is. He redeemed us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus redeemed us. Exactly. Um, And so we can look to those things and know that these are things that God desires for us and that God desires to be done on earth. And we can pray for those things, even though sometimes we don't see them happen. Um, Another example is like the Bible says that God does not will for anyone to perish. God doesn't want, God doesn't want anybody to die without knowing Jesus, but people die all the time without knowing Christ. And so it's another example of God's will not being done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I think what we go back to when we see these situations and we see like, okay, well, I prayed for this and I prayed for something that's in line with God's will and in line with God's character. And maybe I prayed for something that I felt like God put on my heart to pray. If we're not seeing those things happen, like we just still have to go back to who God is. Like I know who the Bible says God is and God's word doesn't change. God's word is true and God doesn't change. God's character doesn't change. And Hebrews, I think it's what, 13, 7, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so Jesus doesn't change. God doesn't change. And so we can trust that who God says he was or said he was then is still who God is now. And it's who we will be tomorrow. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Wow. I'm speechless here. Liz. Thank you so much. Lizanne, thank you so much for joining us today on this show. Like I said, if you guys, if you haven't checked her out, because she was on Hope Dealers, and that was a phenomenal episode. No, seriously, it really was. Don't that laugh. Was, that was a lot of fun. It was, a, was lot a lot of fun. fun. It, was, it was nice to have you back here. It was nice to be back. Yeah. Thanks thank for you. inviting me again. So one last thing as we wrap up here. Just any final thoughts, any final closing thoughts you just want to share with everyone? Not, Jesus okay. Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Bam. <laughs> Bam. So, and there you have it. There you have it. And yeah, we can, we can trust that what God says in his word is true. And we can, we can really build our lives on that. We can build our lives on the promises of God being true and trust that God is who he says he is. Amen. Guys, again, if you like, dislike, or have any comments, please let us know. And, um, of course, we'll be praying for you. We're going to drop all the verses in the description box below. And, yeah, guys, stay tuned. We're going to be dropping some more Tell It Tuesdays. We're going to be dropping some more Colossians, like Liz quoted earlier, Alive in Christ. The series is coming out, 24-part series that we recorded last year. And, of course, we're also going to be doing our mental health uh, talk where... We're going to be doing a little bit of a deeper dive, but we're going to have some more guests 
talk about how to how to fight these things with scripture and with prayer and how to actually um, win in the battle that we have in our minds. So guys, so stay tuned and uh, thank you guys. Take care. Bye.